0: It's Let's Talk Computers
1: and Internet with BLH Computers. Phone lines are open 217-629-7970. Got Bowl in the studio on this... Rainy-ish day? (laughs) Yeah, good morning. It's supposed to rain at least a little bit today. Um, And
2: we still have a recycling event despite the rain. So we've still got a recycling event in Moroa, Illinois today, which is over a little north of Decatur. Uh, So if you have any electronics and you're around that area, feel free to take them in. We usually only postpone or cancel the events if there's lightning. So I do think we're supposed to get some thunderstorms today. But otherwise, the guys will be out there, and they've usually got like a covered tent where we recycle stuff. And they'll be wearing uh, ponchos. I was going to say, they got their ponchos yep. ready to go. And they yep. got the
1: tra- trucks and the trailers. And Otherwise, for some reason, <laughs>
2: people love to recycle electronics when the weather's a little crazy. I think people are just locked inside. So they want to clean out their basements and their, if you got a closet just full of it. Most people have that drawer in the yeah. kitchen or something that's just got, you know, cords from this and maybe pieces of a phone that you replace the screen on and you just have, throw the screen yeah. in the. The drawer or something. So if you find that sort of stuff, we'll be open until 6 p.m. Feel maybe, free to bring it
1: out. And maybe they're just trying to clean up before summer, you yep. know. Some, uh, next week kind of is the official kickoff, uh, kickoff of summer. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> it's perfect weather for it. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, for feel sure. feel free to bring us anything. Especially on this on this day, it's kind of gloomy. And, oh. Yeah. I was talking
2: to Leo a little bit yesterday about it. I think it's funny just the way that the one-day events have evolved. I haven't done a one-day event for probably five or six years at this point. Uh, but I was Leo's right-hand man when we did it. I was the truck driver, so I was at almost every event, and I did a lot of events by myself. And he mentioned that I think Wax- Waxika is the one in the fall that we're doing that is one of the bigger ones that we have. Wow. And he's like, I hope to get 40 people to work at the Watsit- Watsika event. Wow, that sounds and like a lot of people. I was laughing because, yeah, when I was working events, if we had eight people, that was like the biggest event that we've ever done. Holy so these have, these have definitely exploded in size. Somehow we seem to get 80,000 pounds. Or so from
1: Watsico almost every year. So, yeah, he's trying to prepare and have as many people there as possible. Well, when you start, I mean, when the technology is changing, you know, and Windows 11 is coming out and they're yeah. kind of pushing the Windows 10 and people. So, that's going to make upgrade. a lot of stuff essentially but, obsolete. Yeah, exactly. When Windows 10 loses support, yeah. which still
2: I mean, has a couple yeah, years yeah, left. And if they handle it like XP and 7, where a lot of people couldn't upgrade at that time, they will extend the support for it.
1: Well, and I've noticed too, there's been some more articles where you can kind of bypass some of those yep. checks now and actually install windows 11 on some of the older computers Yep. and, but you still have to have, I think it's what, well, I think we've talked about this before, a sixth gen or a seventh gen yeah, processor. They, yep. They had reduced it. I didn't,
2: I don't remember seeing in that article what they had, uh, were able to install it on as far as the processor goes. They said they were able to get around the eighth gen okay. lock or whatever, Eighth gen. but it was the TPM 2.0 chip. Yeah, that's you, the killer. If you have the TPM 1.2 chip, you could install Windows 11 with this workaround that Microsoft themselves put on their forum to get out to people for more people to upgrade to Windows 11?
1: You would think they would want more people to upgrade it, you know, kind not kind of worry about that, you know, just kind of get... Get it out there. I mean, because yeah, we keep our techno- we keep our we keep our phones, we keep our laptops, our computers a lot longer than we probably yeah. ever have. You know, I know security is a much bigger deal nowadays. When I mean,
2: absolutely everything, including your house and your car, is oh. all electronic and it's all connected via Bluetooth or some kind of satellite. Uh, there was an article that I was reading. I think you had sent it to me about Tesla. There was the Tesla Model 3, I think is what it was. If you didn't have the firmware upgraded in it, somebody could remote access your Bluetooth and they could take control of your car. They could unlock it. They could start it up and they could drive it away without you ever knowing because it uses the keyless entry. Entry.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's also, I think, an iPhone one too where... Uh, you can put malware on an iPhone yep. if it's turned. It's turned off because the Bluetooth yep. isn't encrypted, and they found this mainly on the jailbroken phones. Yeah, but they said that it is a vulnerability for the ones that aren't jailbreak Jailbroken, excuse me, uh, going. In the future, you know, yep. they could... And I was saying that it was the Bluetooth chip that
2: uses low power energy, so even right. when the phone is off, if it has enough of a charge, the Bluetooth chip will be on, and that is for the Find My iPhone yes, feature. Yes, yes, So if your phone gets turned off, or for whatever reason, gets, you know shut down while it's thrown somewhere or something. Uh, Find my iPhone would still locate it because your Bluetooth is still on, and it doesn't do the kind of security protocol checks that a lot of these things are supposed to do. So that's where they're like, oh, people can, you can remote access the Bluetooth chip, even if the phone is off and you can install malware on it. So yeah, having your phone off does not necessarily prevent you from being
1: exploited. Right, and that, that kind of worries me. It brings me, actually, to the next one, the uh, the Harley-Davidson e-bike that I yeah. sent you where they're going to send everything to the cloud now. Yep. And, that, I mean, that kind of worries me in a sense because it's like, wow, everybody's tracking me. Everybody knows what I'm doing yep. all the time. It's like I can't hide it, you know, if I want it to. That
2: was three three different, like, subjects that in that article I never thought would be together. Harley-Davidson, electronic <laughs> bicycles, Google cloud services. Yes. Yeah, so these... These bikes are, they're electric, there's a app on your phone, you plug your phone into the bike, and it just keeps track of data. It just keeps track of how fast you go, where you go, not necessarily what you're doing, but just where you're riding this bike at. And as we've seen before, most things, if they connect to some kind of
1: cloud-based service, they just have... Uh, a higher level of vulnerability, right. right? Because anybody can track it. They they can find yep. you. They can know where you're at. Sometimes they even know where you're going to go before you know where you're yep. going to go. If yeah, every <laughs> Tuesday
2: for the past year you have rode in this three mile circle over and over and over. It's they're more than they're more than likely going to know that's what you're doing this Tuesday when you get on the bike at the exact same time. I saw a meme that was <laughs> about the the Facebook money that uh, oh. everybody has sent out. Yeah. And it was a joke where it, the smiley face person was laughing because they got 400 bucks and then it was like the dark shadowy overlord that was Facebook and it was like already knows what you're going to spend it on <laughs> and as much of a, a meme or in a joke as that is it's, it's true more than likely true right. Facebook
1: more than likely has an algorithm that knows what you're going to spend approximately
2: sprocket. what you're going to do with this money So
1: I wish I'd get my money I haven't got I it yet you know it's like everybody I talk to is like well I got my my 300 bucks my 400 bucks oh I think we got a call coming in okay let's, let's try to take that here Let's see. Hello, caller. Are you there? 92-7 right. WMAY, caller. Are Good you there? Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Oh, nope. All right. That's okay. You can feel free to
2: call back if you want to talk about anything else. Otherwise, yeah, I'm wondering. My wife got her Facebook settlement payment as well, but I haven't gotten mine. And no, I know maybe. I checked my email. I know for sure I have the claim number. <laughs> yeah. So I've definitely... I mean, I was the person who told her and the rest of our family about it. So
1: how they're picking who gets yeah, it it's, that's what I'm wondering too because all my friends yeah. I've talked to they're like well we got our money we got our money Yep. and then some people have said well it's gone to PayPal well, I checked I my PayPal I think you had to sign that up like when
2: you went to file the claim I think you had to decide either a check to your house or to PayPal when you were doing it, yeah. um, it I don't know if it was easy to miss or not, but I'm pretty sure I made mine just the check as well. I've checked my PayPal and it hasn't gone
1: there. Me too. I, I've been I've been checking it, looking for that for that little extra money. I'm like, I could use it right now. I got yep. I got some bills I want to get paid. My Come name on. is alphabetically before my wife's name. I would have filed before her, so my claim number will be lower. We live at the exact same address. address? So yeah. where what- yeah. yeah. How are they deciding who who gets this and where it goes? And no the, idea. But I,
2: I'm expecting it within the next week or so. They've been giving them all out this week and I think a little bit last week. Uh, I did see one of the articles said anywhere from 200 to 400 bucks, and it seems like everybody's getting the exact same
1: $397. Yeah, that's, that's all my friends. That's what they've said. They've gotten their checks for all 397 bucks.
2: So unfortunately for the people who are just now hearing about this, you had to have signed up for this about two years ago. I think, I think it, was it was August, August of 2020? 2020. Yeah. So you had to sign up then in order. You had to be part of the class action lawsuit. And then it finally went through and they tried to uh, appeal it. And then it came back. And yeah, so they decided that this was the appropriate amount. And Facebook started sending checks out. And this was if you lived in Illinois and any of your photos had ever, if you've been tagged in somebody's photo or if somebody else was tagged in your photo without you choosing to tag them in it. That was just part of uh, Illinois' biometric
1: laws. We've got some of the best biometric laws in the country. Yes, and it's it's scary too, though, that they allowed this to happen. You know, and it got it got that far, and you know, it's I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's just one of those things.
2: Like if you can get away with it, get away with it for as long as you can, and deal with the repercussions when it comes back. I can all but guarantee that the money they made off of selling any of that biometric data was probably less than the $400 right. per person that they oh, had to yeah. pay out.
1: Yeah, they probably got way, way more. It's just a percentage more than anything. Kind of like uh, what... Uh Apple now is going to be charging for subscriptions without letting you know about it. Mm. I don't know if you saw, I saw that. Auto, no, they're yeah. going to auto renew uh, subscriptions and not tell you. Well, we'll we'll cover this when we get back from the break. Yeah. Uh, phone lines are still open. Two one seven. By taking
0: pictures of his important documents, Steve can always have them stored on.
1: Let's Talk Computers and Internet with BLH Computers. The phone lines are open 217-629-7970 and we started to talk about right before the commercial there the uh, Apple and their auto renew policy where they could start charging you more money for something that you've you know bought in the past their renewed subscription. Yep. So if you
2: have a subscription through them and the two rules that basically they came out with were if it is 50% or less or sorry 50% or more and if it's over a $5 cap. Here we'll go ahead and take a phone call real quick. I think we, we got, got to a call coming
1: that. in. You're on 927 WMAY Springfield's News and Talk.
3: Hey, hey, my name is Will. I was had a question for V L H guys. They've done some good work for me, but they're talking about security. I was curious. I've heard a lot about de-Googled phones, and I wanted to see if they had any thoughts or opinions on those.
2: Um, I mean, I haven't heard a whole lot about de-Googled phones, but I'm assuming it's just some kind of jailbroken phone that has gotten around certain restrictions. Most phones come with Google installed on them. Uh, Facebook as well is another one that you can't typically remove. Um, I mean, I personally use DuckDuckGo. If I could have something without Google, just tracking every single piece of information that I look up is something that I prefer. Uh, But, I mean, I'm using an iPhone that's not necessarily jailbroken, so Apple gets that information anyways. Right. Uh, Right. Yeah, so it's it's definitely something that people do to try and stop their information from being tracked, but it's almost like a fool's game at some point. There's (laughs) there's such a such a crazy amount of tracking that goes on with any electronic that connects to any other electronic in this day and age that yeah trying to make yourself completely and totally anonymous on the internet is all but impossible vpns are a great way to do this but we've seen countries countries governments require their vpns to hand over the information that they have and a, a lot of that's still going through their government process so we don't know the outcome of it just quite yet but if they hand over their vpn information yeah. anybody who's ever used that particular vpn based in whatever country that's doing this their government now knows oh, no. everything so
3: oh good no i will look into the duck duck go i was i use i'm an iphone user don't necessarily want to switch and most of the phones that are quote-unquote de-googled for tracking um are non-iPhone so I really don't want to make any switch like that but I did notice the other day that I have Google's all my location turned off but then they have an estimated location based on search history and I was like oh that's how they're figuring everything out and then you know targeting ads and things like that I know it's never going to be completely you know untrackable and I'm you know I'm glad it has it because of the emergency services and things like that but just uh, mainly keeping some of it private would be more my interest. So I'll definitely look into getting DuckDuckGo on there and see what that can offer. Yeah. Uh, well, again.
2: I do want to make clear that the reason I use DuckDuckGo is because they don't save my information or sell it for advertising purposes. Yeah. They still report to my internet service provider the type of websites that I go to once I leave DuckDuckGo. It's just that they right. don't keep track of my search history yeah. and use that to try and sell me stuff.
3: No, that's awesome. I'll definitely take a look into that. The BLH guys uh, took care of a laptop issue I had recently. The location in Jacksonville did a great job.
2: Cool. Awesome. Right on. I'll make sure to. It was more likely Tom that would have worked on your computer, so I'll make sure to let him know. Uh, Outstanding. Y'all have a great day. Thanks. You too. too.
1: Thank you, caller. And our phone lines are still open, 217-629-7970.
2: Yeah, we were talking a little bit about, uh, it was a couple weeks ago, about John Oliver, and he did the report on uh, buying politicians' information, their search histories, online because it's not illegal to purchase that sort of information. And it's also not illegal to put that information out to the public. So he's engaging in a sort of blackmail, if you will, where he's just trying to make politicians create legislation that makes it so you can't buy and track and sell this sort of information. And they're going to do... What they've done before, yeah. where they'll make laws making you know politicians exempt from this sort of thing, but not your average person.
1: And I'm I'm trying to think too. We talked about somebody. I want to say it was Elon Musk, wasn't it? About flying, and he was yeah. tracking. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, his flights are uh, departures and arrivals are right. public information, even on his private. Uh, jets, and there was somebody on Twitter who was tracking every single arrival and departure yeah. of his jet. and I mean, it is public information. It's right. not illegal for him to do <laughs> that sort of thing. And I joked on here last time about that's why he was trying to purchase Twitter <laughs> to stop this person from doing that. but wow, yeah, I would have liked the whole show to go without mentioning him because it just i'm I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> that's okay. so Some, sometimes you hear about this stuff and you're just, oh, I'm so sick of hearing about this guy and everything he's doing it was great when it was just SpaceX and he was developing rockets that right. could be reused. Man, that is a huge huge improvement as far as, you know, space travel goes. Right. But then he he went ridiculous. Yeah, he
1: went he went completely 180. Yeah.
2: If uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we were talking about the Apple subscriptions. Uh, if it's less than 50%, so if it goes up from 90 to let's see 50% that's 45, so if yeah. it goes up to 130 bucks, they don't ha- you don't have to opt into that. They will just automatically charge you the amount of money because it didn't meet the criteria of letting you know something has changed.
1: That's, that's one of the reasons why I don't like subscriptions and stuff like that, because I want to know, I want to be in control of how much I'm spending. And if you start having all these auto renew subscriptions, then you get your credit card bill or whatever the case may be, your debit card. And you're like, What the heck is going on? Somebody hacked my account. I'm like, why do I have all these charges?
2: Definitely take a look at what your subscriptions are doing. And if you're not subscribed, I'd say that on just like a news website or whatever to find out about tech stuff, you might never find out that Apple is doing this sort of thing unless you listen to, like, our channel. So this is just one of those things that they just do, and if we don't have to tell you we're doing it, we can just charge more money.
1: And just do it. Yeah, just like the Verizon article where, or was it AT&T? Both, actually, Verizon and AT&T, where their bills are going up. Yep. Um, Both, I believe next month, June, is when they're going up. They're going to be charging more, like, an administrative fee, I think is what the Verizon article had said the
2: Verizon one it's only a dollar 50 so like who's seriously going to complain about a dollar 50 right but if we're talking millions and millions of customers they just gained a million plus dollars out of just thin air because they decided to charge a dollar 50 more it really hurts to just be nickel and dimed to death with all of these different fees and i guarantee that they have paid somebody to crunch the numbers and go well if we raise it a dollar 50 we'll lose x customers if we raise it 2 dollars we'll lose double x customers so there's that sweet spot of we can raise it this
1: amount without losing losing money you actually make money and i think that's where some people decide maybe go and prepay on their cell phones too because they know they can buy those cards they know how much those cards are going to be but then sometimes you got your taxes that change so yeah. you're kind of in the same in a sense in the same boat because it's gonna change a little
2: and, bit as well. It kinda stinks that there's these almost monopolies that exist that are just huge and overbearing and you can't really do a whole lot about it. It's kinda like the gas prices. What are right. you gonna do? Just not drive? Right. You might drive less, but yeah. you're still going to be driving, at least you gotta go to work. I've got a I have got i do not have to drive out here to the radio show, but it's definitely easier to oh, be much, sitting here and t- much, much easier, and <laughs> yeah. Talk. So we just kind of have to deal with the price increase. There's unfortunately nothing we can do. Netflix goes up all the time. Apple's doing their subscription stuff. Verizon
1: and AT and T are going up. Yeah, it's just it's like they're nickel and diming us. We need price decreases. I think we need to have a stand for that (laughs) little price decrease. Oh, it's let's talk computers and internet. We'll be back right after
0: this. Welcome back to
1: Let's Talk Computers and Internet with BLH Computers with Bull here in the studio. Yeah, we saw a pretty crazy disconnect between technology and the
2: real world earlier this week on uh, Tuesday this past week Grubhub had a promotion where they had offered to try and feed every New York City resident uh, free lunch wow. on a Tuesday afternoon so you know one of the slower days typically between 11 and 2 p.m. They offered if you bought if you purchased something for $15 or less it was free or if you went over that amount they would just be a $15 discount. That wow. didn't include like delivery fees or any other service restaurant fees. service <laughs> fees yeah so uh, but I just they they did this without communicating to anybody in the New York area.
1: It's just so, like they pushed it out to their app. Is yeah. that from what oh, I wow. understand? Yeah, wow. it was their
2: app. And there might have been some other advertising. But either way, they did. They certainly didn't uh, discuss with any of the restaurants any possibility of an increase in orders. So we saw some restaurants who get typically 40 to 50 orders. Uh right at 11 when they open we're getting one to 200 different orders so many orders that it was just overwhelming and they yeah. on, they honestly didn't have the amount of uh
1: Produce. Oh right. Uh, the amount of food. Food, food and uh, probably the space on the server with their app not being the over-
2: Servers. <laughs> yep. Some of the restaurants, the people, the people who were driving stuff would just not show up, so they would have oh, food wow. that was just sitting on tables for hours that just went bad because there was just some kind of disconnect between the app and everybody else. Uh, the Yum. app crashed when they first opened because oh, dang. They, for you, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm clutching my head because you're offering to feed every. New York's uh, citizen free lunch on a Tuesday afternoon, and you don't expect your app to be able to handle more than six thousand orders per minute. So when they when they opened up and they were averaging six thousand orders per minute, their app crashed. So their server went down. It was only for a little bit, but this was after people had paid money. Some of those orders didn't go through at all. So you would have been charged for it without actually. Uh, the f- order going through. Wow. Some of these orders were showing up at restaurants hours after they had been
1: ordered. So there was just like some- a, Like a delay yep. in the processing some of the order. Some of them were showing up at restaurants
2: double. So it would be two of the exact same order when they would only want one and they would have only paid for one. So- oh, wow. it, I mean, it was almost like a war zone. It was actually, it was very hectic from what I understand. We're in Illinois, so, you know, it's just what I read. But from what I understand, New York City was just- Crazy. Crazy this past Tuesday for lunchtime because Grubhub tried to do a promotion that they didn't think would
1: be as big as it ended up being. Well, I mean, if you're going to be free, I mean, granted, people are going to take advantage of that. I yeah. mean, I know I personally would if I saw, oh, I can order fifteen dollars for free. I'll take advantage Pay of that. Two or three
2: bucks for like a, tip del- or a delivery, delivery fee. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you could definitely find something for under that amount of money. And I'm, I mean, Chicago's kind of expensive too. So I'm not sure how many places you can go and buy something for fifteen dollars or less. But
1: I mean, granted, there's a lot more places there to order from, so not everybody be ordering from the same place. But still, it's just yeah, that's, that's just
2: just That could reinforce my point a little bit. If uh, most of the places you eat from are more than $15 and you would like to have that free meal, you'll start looking at other places, some of them maybe a little bit, who provide a little bit cheaper food. So like this restaurant that typically gets 40 to 50 orders was getting several hundred when they opened. Like, what the heck is going on here? Why do we get so many orders? They had no idea. They didn't have the Grubhub app necessarily. That's another thing that I noticed from this is these restaurants don't necessarily have to have deals with Grubhub, if they have just an online menu, Grubhub can offer food, and then they just go and pick it up and pay for it. So we've had... Uh, we've, oh, I've read weird. things where people will argue with their Grubhub driver because Grubhub is saying the amount of money is supposed to be this, and they're like, no, that's like a three-year-old menu. We updated our prices like a year ago. Wow. This is how much it costs. And then suddenly the Grubhub driver is actually out of money because they have to cover the really? difference and oh. only get charged a certain amount. So... Yeah, there's a huge disconnect with something along the lines of this, where they just they couldn't reach out to any of the restaurants and let them know, hey, your services might be increased a insane amount this
1: coming Tuesday. Have have a little bit extra staff, you know. We we're gonna have a little bit extra drivers, that sort of thing, and yeah, that's crazy. They just took on a very ambitious project and it ended up failing big time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you could have been like the uh, mom. And I think it was New Jersey with uh door. <laughs> yeah. Dor- I don't know if you heard about, yep. heard about that one. Uh, the kid, she gave the phone to the kid. And next thing you know, there's a knock on the door and 31 cheeseburgers arrive. And all she thought is he was just taking pictures with her phone. And nope. she had no clue. And they're like, do you want fries? with <laughs>
2: that?" We've seen it time and time again. If you just hand your phone or a uh, tablet to a younger one, and if it, The internet is automatically logged into, like, your email address or, like, Best Buy, automatically buy something. Uh, If you have your credit card linked to any of these things, yeah, we've seen, I mean, we've seen people spend hundreds of thousands Thousands of dollars on those mobile gotcha games, which are just, it's just a mobile game where you can make your character look different or get a cool weapon or a cool outfit. But, I mean, they're... That comes to talk then about exploiting the
1: addictiveness of right. yeah. children. In all honesty, yeah, These absolutely. games are, are aimed at children. We got a. I think we got a call coming in. Hello, you're on ninety two seven WMAY. Oh
4: yeah, morning. Good you're morning. Talking about the kind of the economics of food right now. Yeah, yeah. Are, are we on here?
1: Yes, we are. You're on 92.7. Oh,
4: yeah, well, I'm. I'm David. I, yeah, I call from California, and uh, yeah, out here we've got we've got a ton of that Uber and Lyft and uh, Grubhub and all of the different services out here. And you're right; they uh, the drivers are getting cheated like crazy. Yep. Uh, in uh, in just kind of standard economics, they call that bait and switch. Uh, you know, yeah, to have. Yeah. Uh, you know the ch- prices change uh, on a whim. Uh, you know you have to have a set standard, and if people are being, uh, it, it, it's horrible. I mean, it. We, we've got to get a, a, a hand on the um, a stability of food. Yep. Yeah,
1: you know, I agree. One thing, absolutely.
4: One one thing I was going to ask you if I, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, the economics of food stamps. Uh, it, it, that's money that comes in from Washington D.C. In every county uh, that uh, receives food stamps, they're they're actually able to bring some of those tax dollars back into the county, and so it should be that people are you know consider food stamps to be patriotic. Yeah, you, you know think instead so. of you welfare. So. Yeah, instead of it being a stingy welfare thing, you look at it as a patriotic thing. That if you, I think the the numbers on it are that for every one dollar in food stamps that comes in, it turns into a dollar eighty seven in the local economy. So if you take it down to the farmers market, uh, uh, it'll it'll easily turn into local money for the farmers. But even if you take it to one of the big chain grocery stores, they have to pay some uh, some salaries out there and cost and you know overhead for the, uh, the the local store. So it still turns into a, a local increase in the economy. So I don't know if you've ever looked at that and whether or not some of these um, uh, electronic say like if you order food from GrubHub. Uh, is it good for food stamps or, or snap card, I think they call it now, uh, or is it money that has to be paid in cash?
2: Yeah, I think it would be money that would go to, you know, the owners of Hub right. or DoorDash. So I think you're right, it's taking money out of local economies and yes. putting it into just
1: more CEOs pockets. Right. And and you were talking about the bait and switch. And another thing too is uh I've noticed with these delivery companies is you have a delivery fee you have a service fee then you know you want to p- give your driver a tip because that delivery fee doesn't, doesn't go, go to, to your driver. driver so you've got all these extra fees and they even have a surcharge for the gas tax now they've got like a 40 cents or an 80 cents i think it's gone up to now service, even though a
3: lot
2: of the drivers
1: have to pay for their own right, gas. right absolutely
2: yeah so there's it,
4: it it's getting to the point where, you know, if you read the old books about cowboy days or whatever, you paid a kid a nickel to bring your groceries over to the house once in a while. It doesn't have to be a nickel anymore, but it, it uh, it's probably easier to find a local kid that, that runs errands for people.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. And when, we, when we
2: put a, a phone and an app in between that little <laughs> local boy bringing the groceries over, suddenly he's getting three and a half cents, and whoever owns the app that you used is getting one and a half cents. For so doing yeah, really nothing. Taking money yeah. out of the local economies. Yep, absolutely. Hey, one last thing. Can you tell me, uh, you know the
4: uh, Bitcoin, they talk about that as uh, a real energy hog. And uh, somebody was, uh, see if I've got my... Uh, my uh, you know, not just statistics, but my logic straight on this. In the early days of Bitcoin, it it had like say like 500 or 100 uh, different members, and that they verified the value of the money, the Bitcoin, by everybody being able to see everybody else's transactions. And so it was a like you would get a, a CC. Uh, you know, a copy sent to everybody that was on Bitcoin. Well, now that, and that, that took a certain amount of energy to CC everybody a copy. But nowadays, when there are potentially millions of Bitcoin's users, everybody getting a CC amounts to a huge amount of electricity. They say, I think, for every single transaction on Bitcoin, it amounts to the amount of electricity that an average homeowner uses per month. And uh, is that true?
2: So from what I understand, at least the originals like Bitcoin and Dogecoin, they do use the proof of work method, which requires quite a bit of energy to verify the list of like what you're saying. Um, There are different other kinds of cryptocurrencies that use proof of stake, which which uses a lot less energy and I uh, just briefly looked on this. I'm certainly not a Bitcoin expert or a cryptocurrency expert, but from what I understand, there are some out there that also are carbon uh, negative. So they do, they take carbon out of uh, production just because of the way I'm not 100% sure exactly, but they're supposed to be much better for the environment than any of the older ones. Like, yeah, Bitcoin, from what I understand, is a massive, massive uh, sink of electricity.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible. And in fact, what really got me shocked about it was in China. The, the early reports about this in China was that there were six different coal-fired plants that were, you know, belching smoke 24 hours a day with no no uh, safety uh, scrubbers. And uh, but it, then they had a nuclear power plant down near Hong Kong that started to go. I don't. I don't want to say out of
2: control, but it it was starting to have problems. Well, unfortunately, we're up against a commercial, so we can talk a little bit more if you want to stay on the line. We can oh, make sure, this back thanks. up when we come back. Yeah, we'll I'll be back put you on a minute. All right.
1: Welcome back to Let's Talk Computers and Internet with BLH Computers. I think we still have our caller on the line here. Hello, caller. Are you still there?
4: Caller? What was leading up to was in uh, China, they had a nuclear power plant that apparently was also serving Bitcoin. And they refused to shut down the plant when it was in distress because... The economy was so fragile that they figured they could make more money with a broken nuclear power plant than they could <laughs> letting uh, doing some safety issues on it. So it's you know they, I I'm real suspicious of Bitcoin. Uh, I I'm a, enough of a history nut to know that World War One was extended by currency speculators who were basically. Praising countries for a while and then cursing the same country just because they had bought their currencies, and so it was like um, they were taking the reputation of whole neighbor, uh, whole nations, and and playing financial games with the reputations of whole neighbor uh, nations, and and it, I I smell the same thing with uh, some of these cryptocurrencies. You know they praise a country and then they curse a country and they buy low and sell high on on the reputations of, of whole nations. So, yeah, I'm just a little suspicious of that whole thing.
2: Yeah, I wish Brian was here. He's a massive history buff, so he would probably enjoy talking to you about this stuff quite a bit more. But uh, yeah, as far as I understand, I wasn't sure if it was China or not, but there was at least a nation that had purchased an out of order uh, nuclear plant, and they were trying to use it specifically for crypto mining currencies. Um, And earlier this year, China banned all cryptocurrencies from their country, so that's why we're seeing a decrease in a lot of the electronic prices, which is fantastic if you're a gamer like myself. Uh, But I I mean, I, I agree, at least uh, Bitcoin, very particular. It was one of the original ones. It is one of the most energy-consuming ones out there. Um, it's gotten to the point where it's just an exorbitant price, and I just think maintaining it is going to be a huge issue. It's very interesting to hear that World War I was extended due to people speculating on currencies because wow. cryptocurrency is you know, allegedly a currency and an investment at the same time. Yeah, it doesn't
4: make any sense. You know, money used to be a a measure of your reputation. You know, if you were a good craftsman, if you were a good lawyer, if you were a good artist, if you were whatever, you know, you're you would gather an amount of money and it would reflect your reputation now a pack of thieves have got a whole bunches of numbers in their bank accounts and we're supposed to listen to them and uh, people that don't have the same amount of, of numbers uh, are just left in the dust and so reputations you know money used to be the reputation of a person but now it's just a, a thing you're born into a uh,
2: Game. Yeah, or you just happen to know how to work around a system better. Uh, there's something that stated, it was something along the lines of 90% of our currency is actually digital. So it is just numbers in somebody's account as opposed to physical dollars. And we see things all the time right. about people hacking into schools or banks or hospitals even. And encrypting all of their stuff until you pay these people. That ransomware. That ransomware. Standard. Right, right. Um, so it's they're crippling entire economies just to try and take as much money as they can and it's all just digital currency anyways. Which is yeah, to be the, anonymous and not tracked, but we've seen before that it's it's only anonymous to an extent. Right. Just like almost everything you do on the internet. Hey well sure appreciate it. Uh, yeah it's uh, I'll call another yeah, another thank, time. Thank you very much. It's awesome to hear from someone from California. It's yes. great to hear that our station reaches out that far. Good oh, best. All right. That is the beauty of the connected Internet. technology. <laughs> yes, yep. Absolutely. I would almost believe that there were people in other countries who would happen to listen to us too. Um, I mean it's interesting yes. to uh, one of the things that I've used a VPN before is to find news channels from other countries that oh, yeah. would be blocked in our country just because of, you know, whatever reason with Their right firewalls that they would have. Um, So yeah, just seeing stuff that comes from other countries is a pretty interesting thing to check out. Sometimes,
1: yeah, it's interesting how they view us. You know how they see what we're doing. I know my in-laws. They went. They went over to the UK uh, not long ago, and they told me it's the news is kind of the same. As it is here to an extent, yeah. and uh, so I was. That was interesting to me because I would have thought, well, it's going to be a little bit different, you know, a little bit. I don't know, one way or the other, you know. I wonder if ours is a little bit
2: more speculative. Just the, you're going to be shocked. (laughs) Stay tuned at 11 and find out, could you possibly die today?
1: (laughs) No. No, 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 no. Well, uh, you are doing, uh, let's go back and talk about the event today. You're doing the recycle event. Yep, we've got a recycle event in Moroa, Illinois. So it's somewhere near Decatur.
2: Uh, They're they're 9 to noon, so feel free to take anything. I'm pretty sure they'll be checking IDs while they're there as well. So if you're in whatever, county or town. Uh, It could be Moreau itself putting it on, or it could be the county putting it on. I'm not 100% sure. So you
1: got your old printers, your laptops, your computer monitors, whatever the case may be. Bring it out if you're in that area. TVs and monitors are typically the only thing they have to check your ID for to make sure
2: you're a resident of wherever you're at. Otherwise, if you've got a truck full of just random electronic nonsense that you've been hanging on to for a decade or so at this point, feel free to bring it out to either that event or our BLH location or our Taylorville or our
1: Jacksonville location. And you can stay in your car. You don't have to have the pontoon. <laughs> yeah, we oh, usually have plenty on. of people <laughs> at these events
2: that can help clear out your vehicle. <laughs> and, uh, we usually ask if stuff, uh, is to be recycled or not we had somebody call i think it was last weekend or maybe the weekend before where they were like hey they accidentally took my drill out he asked if i wanted it recycled and i said yes and then when i got home i was like oh wait that's my drill and i'm pretty sure we we take this stuff and we weigh it and we have it set there and then eventually we will open it up and go through it and Dismantle and take everything apart, and uh, usually oh. when we open it up, if you've called and left a note like this guy did, we should be able to find it. It doesn't what? get just shredded right then and there.
1: So it takes a, takes a little bit because yep. you take it to your location up in Chicago. I think you said and mentioned before some of it. It really uh.
2: depends on where it comes from. Okay. Something like today, Maroa, we'll just bring it back to BLH. Right. Okay, we'll have it all set up in there, and then eventually we'll go through and we'll dismantle it. So we'll remove all of the hard drives from it so that those get wiped and they don't have to travel anywhere. Uh, we'll take out any of the stuff that wouldn't go to, like, our Chicago location. Usually we do our D-Man, which is we actually take, like, motherboards out Mm -hmm. and all other components off, and that's where I'll get, like, a bunch of Wi-Fi cards or here's a whole bunch of batteries for this particular model (laughs) of laptop. If it's one that we would reuse, then I'll go through and test those.
1: And you've got the complete list on the BLH website because there are some things that you don't take, like your smoke alarms, your... Carbon um, monoxide. Detectors. Yes, thank you. No problem. Most light bulbs
2: we don't take. We do take Christmas lights, so bring those out anytime. Um, and if you're not sure whether or not it would be something that would be recycled, you can always call and I will help look through our uh, Springfield's room to room recycling guide. So we are at 1832 Stevenson Drive. We'll be there until 6 p.m. today. Our 123 West Main Cross and Taylorville and our 18-